You are listening to the official Scythe Esports Podcast, featuring all of your not-your-everyday gaming discussions. Now here are your hosts. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Scythe Esports Podcast, and today I'm joined here with... With Mia, Chris. (laughs) So glad to be here. It's my first time, so I hope we had a great conversation. Yeah, looking really forward to be chatting with you. So on today, episode three, we're going to be going over a little bit of a HGC Crucible talk, and also we're going to be discussing the Telltale Games layoffs, as well as also game dev unionization. So to kick things off here, we got the Crucible coming up. Uh, How are you feeling about that? Well, I feel super excited because, you know, Scythe Esports is on the first, it's top one. So I'm really excited that the the players are doing super well. They are like literally breaking through and I'm super sure that they will they will rise and they will get to the they will get to the to the what's the name of the um, of the official official like big um, competition you remember well this is the crucible so basically like during the crucible it's going to be just the two worst players in the HCC yeah. league and the two best uh, and the two best players inside of the uh, HEC Open Division. So if our team, Scythe, is able to beat either Simplicity or No Tomorrow, that's basically going to allow us an in to get into the uh, Pro League. Yeah, the Pro League. Yeah, that that was the word. That was the word, the Pro League for the for the Harris of the Storm. Which I think it, it it's going to be hard, you know, but as as you say, like that we were talking about simplicity or now tomorrow. Uh, yeah, which one are you, do you want to see uh, us face off against more? Uh, this is like I don't know, like like the word says, crucible, because you know I've been I've been checking on the on the players for the uh, simplicity, and well. They they are like breaking. They are like literally breaking since they got this Canadian player that I don't remember the name. The Canadian player is Hasty, yeah, I think. Uh, Hasty, yeah, Hasty, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, he he's just literally like super super good at the game. Like I think he is literally carrying all the team, but I'm not sure. Don't trust me, but. To be honest, um, I think simplicity is gonna be like the um, the boss, the final boss to to beat. To beat, so you wouldn't yeah. wor- oh, you wouldn't rather see us go up against No Tomorrow then, in that sense. I think so. It's like I mean, I mean, in my in my poor knowledge of Heroes of the Storm, I think this this is the the team that will be like kind of difficult for for us if they. If we go against them, gotcha. No, yeah, that definitely makes sense. We probably want to get in. Probably want to get into the pro league, so we want exactly. to go up against the one that's the more simpler team to beat. Uh, so you definitely think that we would have a better chance against Simplicity than the No Tomorrow, no, without a doubt. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
All right, then. So I definitely hope that we pick simplicity in that sense and we go forward with them. And then hopefully we'll be, you'll be seeing us all in the Pro League. Yes, please. All right. As I say, the team is super, the team is super strong. The team seems very confident. I, 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 watch, I watch the games and they're super connected. They're super communicated. And... Um, they got real good moves. I, I saw this video with the with our players soloing the the Nexus. It, it's super great. Yeah, totally, totally. I uh, I definitely agree with you with that. Um, and I mean, I definitely think that you know, with like our players, especially like Talking Trees and uh, Nesper, I I've seen them pull off some moves and stuff, some different plays that actually really almost gave me a heart attack because yes, I, that sometimes they could be a little bit careless and then all of a sudden they just turn the uh, turn the tables on their opponent. Uh, they literally just come up out of nowhere and it's a shocking. It can be like completely shocking at times. Uh, so I think that when going in against either of these teams, they have to be super careful. Uh, they have to really be... Uh, taking their time with each play, they can't just be messing around, and they really yeah. Have to be he is each. literally into into brain games. Yeah, exactly. Like it's that, uh huh. Catching people off guard. Uh, and yeah, it's not a bad strategy. Uh, it's definitely not a bad strategy. It keeps stuff really entertaining as well. It's just that when going up against pros, you really can't be doing that. Well, in a MOVA, it gets to it gets a thing. It's not a common. But playing mobile games, it's like kind of a good strategy because it is not expected, you know. Uh, well, that that is true. Yeah, it's, uh -huh. it basically allows for people to kind of get into the head of their opponent, and then all of a sudden they just don't exactly. see them, yeah, you know, coming by. So yeah, like in a way, like having that type of strategy going forth and kind of like keeping like in the back of your mind, having that, you know, having that little um, plan all set up for your opponent is possibly like what will take away the victory in the sense. Yeah. Possibly. I think I'm, I'm really, I'm really uh, confident about the team to be honest. Oh yeah, definitely. I've seen a <laughs> lot of their, I've seen a bunch of their games and I've always been really impressed by them. So going into this, I'm pretty confident to say that I think that we have a pretty good chance of winning. Exactly. The standings just show the results. So just go check the standings and you will see. <laughs> yep, exactly. All right. So, yeah, it definitely seems that we are hyper confident going into Crucible. Uh, so kind of going into about the recent gaming news, Telltale Games, uh, the uh, studio that created some work such as The Walking Dead, uh, the Walking Dead video game, Batman. Uh, they've created quite a few smaller games, it seems like, but uh, they actually like, are pretty medium-sized studio or so. I guess maybe around like a maybe an indie dev company as well. Uh, well, they just actually shut down and they fired nearly all their staff, about approximately 250 workers. Uh, this That's was completely unexpected, and the company retained maybe about 25 of their staff, and their reasoning was to fulfill obligations to the company's board and pl uh, partners. So I, that was just completely, I think, disrespectful to, to, to their staff overall. Yeah, it's respectful, but I think um, telling more, well, focusing more on the... Uh, on what happened, you know, what what failed, what 
why because it, i just was so sad because of the the thing that i thought yeah it was employees and stuff but then i was like oh no the games so there's no more <laughs> there's no more this and and that kind of games that i really i really enjoyed like the wolf among us and stuff like that but i think uh the numbers that they showed were not were, were not enough to to you know to survive as a company survive as a publisher yeah when you um, actually when you just said uh, oh no the games i actually thought you were going to say that they the games are pretty bad <laughs> uh i think like the Wolf Among Us, as well as some other games that they come, had come out with, I think have done uh, pretty well. But I think that for every good game that they came out with, it seemed like they had a mess of crappy games. Uh, and I think that that could have potentially have been what did, did the Exactly. Make. I think that there will be like uh, something that could have saved them. Yeah, I think that but... if they just focus more <laughs> on the quality than the quantity, I think that they possibly could have survived i don't know why this is but it seemed like they normally did a lot of games that were based off of uh shows uh such as the walking dead and their game that they canceled right when they shut down was stranger things they canceled the stranger things game uh -huh. which actually some people were pretty excited for i'm not gonna lie i actually saw some pretty positive feedback about the stranger things game uh -huh. however yeah. Uh, luckily for those people that wanted to play the game, Netflix actually picked up on it. So, uh, after the sudden closing, so there's not too much of a worry with that, but still it seemed like a lot of their games were focused around shows and maybe if they put more time and effort into originality with their games, uh, games that were just original, well, they were not. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. But, uh, if they really just tried to do something that was more, appealing and more unique than possibly they could have uh saved their company or turned it around at least but they were doing I, you know what i think it was it was probably that they were just getting so many of these contracts from these shows uh that uh you know such as like stranger things to make these games for them and that was where they were getting their income and they just didn't care if these games were good or not yeah i think they just sold out and just went with the with the flow with what the the uh people from The Walking Dead and the productions just asked for it. And right. they didn't even like take care of their own, their, their own essence, their own concept. Oh, and not just that, but they really didn't take care of their game devs or any of the uh -huh. people that were working for the company. I actually heard that a lot of the employees there had numerous complaints about how badly the work, how bad the working conditions were. And yeah, and, and the, t the tool that, that they developed. Right. Uh, they, they had this thing that, well, it is called that way, the Telltale tool mm -hmm. for as a game in GN. Uh, you know, it's it was just, it was just, I don't know, it it really was so, so, so wrong that, that tool. I, I have some friends that are uh, on this industry developing, mm -hmm. and, you know, the Telltale was like, um, not the dream, but it was uh, more like um, nostalgia or something like that for them. And that's something like why that they chose to work there. Yeah. I see. Okay. So yeah. that's basically like why they went off and got their job was to, to work in Telltale Games because of the nostalgia. Mm -hmm. All right. I see. Uh, so you knew some people then that were working in Telltale. 
No, no, no. But just in the in the gaming developer. Um, oh, and the okay, industry. in the gaming developing industry. Okay, yeah. I got gotcha. you. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I think like a lot of people go into games because it's like a passion, and the difficult thing is, uh, just how cutthroat the gaming industry is because just so many people want to be in it. So many uh-huh. people want to make games. So many people want to work in video games. So, uh, the the whole gaming the whole gaming industry is just really cutthroat with competition. Uh, people uh, just doing whatever they can to try to make into a triple A studio, especially stuff like Bethesda, um, Nintendo, Sony. Uh, there's like millions of people that probably apply to those jobs, and the chances of being noticed are extremely, you know, extremely low. So a lot of these people, so so for, for those of you that might not know, I actually have a background in the gaming industry as well, mostly in indie games. And this is where exactly. my mm-hmm. uh, knowledge and like what I witness really kind of go to. So people try really hard to try to get into these AAA studios. And most of the time, 99% of the time, they're unsuccessful. They yeah, then exactly. turn to the next best option. And for that, it tends to be indie games and smaller mm-hmm. studios. Uh, the bad thing with indie games, which t- trust me, like indie games is, in my opinion, like a startup version of a gaming studio. It yeah. can range uh-huh. from literally being a small studio to being like a medium sized studio, but they could still claim to be a indie game studio. So it's kind of like Niantic, the company that made Pokemon Go. They were literally just a startup with this AR application idea, and then it just took off. The yep. thing here is that Telltale was kind of in that same realm. They were literally kind of in that same realm as uh, Niantic. They were a medium-sized company, and if, as you can see by the amount of people that they laid off, which was nearly all their staff, 250 mm-hmm. workers ain't a whole lot of people uh, in comparison to some of these really big companies or even bigger bigger indie game companies. The uh, the, the thing with smaller gaming companies is that they tend to face a lot of economic turbulence. They face a lot of issues economically, getting funding, and it's because of this, uh, it actually creates an even more or actually like just as, uh, just as bad competitive environment between the devs and designers that go for jobs there because they're very, very picky about who they pick as well. Uh-huh. Uh, so then the other thing that a lot of devs do is that they just try to go off and try to create their own game, uh, which is normally how you tend to get your first job. You just have to try to make your own game, kind of do your own thing. It's literally kind of being an actor in, in indie games. It's literally just kind of being an actor to even get into games. Yeah, basically that. And it sounds like the experience have talked. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely experience uh, making games, doing... I know you you are a streamer, in fact, too, and that is technically a new job in gaming, and it's... uh, Gaming is actually opening up a whole lot of games. It's beyond even... Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of of areas, a lot of areas to get into into gaming, but um, about the gaming development, you said uh, said the word indies. Uh, I have uh, friends working on indie games, Mm -hmm. And you know this game called Mulaka? I've actually never heard of it. Mulaka? Okay. This game it it's super super um it's more like art, you know? It it tells the story about um indigenous region in Mexico in the north. These guys just started um it, it was as you say, a startup. It actually, was just, just a one quick question. Is it a 3D game? 
Uh, well, not at all. Okay, okay. So it's 2D. Uh, I'm thinking of a different game, actually. I know that there's another similar game to that. I forget the name, but it basically, I think it actually tells the story of the indigenous people in Africa, the different African tribes. No, but, but okay, this, so is this is in Mexico, okay, so this is not Africa. Okay. Yeah, yeah so, I, I, know, I know the difference. Yeah, but. the developers <laughs> now, they are like kind of petite committee uh, called Lienzo. Mm-hmm. And it's everything, uh, yeah, but it is a 3D. Yeah, it is a 3D game. It's like, um, it's based on the indigenous culture of the Tarahumara here mm-hmm. in Mexico. And they just started by themselves, you know, like um, uh, they were trying. There, there were a group of, you know, of kind of freelancers. They just get together and develop the game. And now these have like uh, the ninety-five percent of likes uh, all around the internet on Steam and and platforms like that. And that's what I think um, it's really important. It, this shows us a really important thing to take care when developing a game. It's like to give it a you know if you're having a petite committee you have like really uh, take care of that people that it's into it nowadays they are bigger and they're stronger but they were not like starting at the at the top yeah. you know I, I think a, a lot of a lot of um companies they just they just uh they don't even know how to walk and they are n- now running and even flying and developing a game needs it's uh, it's like your baby, you know. It's like you need to take care of it, you need to feed it, you need to raise it, and you cannot just go faster and faster. That's what happened in, in terms of quality with Telltale Games. That's what I think. They just rushed stuff. They lost like the concept. That's what I think. Like no, 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 definitely that's. That. A- think a problem with a lot of indie, uh, not just indie games but just a lot of gaming companies today uh, I've seen Assassin's Creed the the game Assassin's Creed I've seen Call of Duty just year after year just reproducing the same game just like with a different storyline and it's just the originality of it uh, it's just almost like they just don't care they just want to put slap a title on something and have it sell it's really just the the money of it that people go into but uh like with the project that you and your friends were coming up with uh sorry not not with you and your friends but that your friends were uh coming up with and producing uh well it seems that these indie ga- um these indie game studios with people uh that's you know just like a couple of people they work on a game and they put like their heart and soul into it they really have this original idea and uh-huh. they're working really hard to try to make it a reality and that's something that these big companies just kind of miss out on because they're just focusing on the money and they don't really care about doing something different in a sense until uh-huh. when they really feel like the time is there. So the di- so the thing here with uh, with indie games is that you can see a lot of unique games coming out of it, uh, but at the same time, uh, sorry, actually you can see some unique games coming out of it that are really try to be set on education or a topic that is mm-hmm. you know not really covered too much but at the same time you can see a lot of cookie cutter games as well i actually have a friend of mine that is working on a, a shooting game 
and he thinks that putting in uh like a wall run and just some sort of uh like you know like kind of like mirror's edge-ish uh mirror's edge-ish uh like parkour running stuff it's gonna be really cool and i said like well think about it titanfall has done that Uh mirror's edge has done that you're actually not being original at all like and you're just kind of making a cookie cutter game and when i went to pax uh to uh sorry last year i saw a lot of games in the indie booth that looked literally the same as some other games yeah sometimes they have even more games than a publisher a a bigger publisher that happens like if yes. you go to itch.io, you will see so many different games on there. Itch.io, mm-hmm. Game Jolt, you can see so many different indie games on there, and a lot of them are literally very similar to others. And if you see, uh, but then like you do come across some games that are very unique, like the one that your your friends are coming up with, and I've seen some ones that are uh, are, are very different. But the thing is, the fact of the matter with indie games is that. your game personally that you create in the industry there 90% of the time maybe even more it's not really going to take off but Uh the thing that it can help you with is getting a game in video game uh, sorry getting a job in video games and appealing to developers so basically the game is a reflection of how you are as a programmer uh-huh. How you are as a 3D modelist, how you are as a designer. And if you did a good job in that, yeah, maybe your game didn't take off, but it could help you get a job at a big gaming studio. And that's Yeah, it can be part of your portfolio. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh-huh. basically how indie games kind of work in a sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then sometimes if you're one of the, the lucky studios, then you can actually take off and then actually start making money off of your game as well as also future games. And it's really funny too because you have some studios out there like Ketchup. Catch out, uh-huh. uh, and they create like literally just super simple games, and I forget the name of this uh, uh, of the type of games, but uh, that these are called specifically. But they're games that are so simple, uh, and it's just a really simple, um, uh, like really simple controls, but they're just really fun and straightforward, and it's just something that you could just sit down on the train play for. A couple of uh you know like for a couple of minutes or uh try like a different game even uh that's available through the same publisher uh maybe even like within the same app application as well and you can just mm-hmm. like it basically just fiddle with it and it basically just allows for you to uh like you know pass the time very easily and there's actually been a huge market for those ty- types of games that you know like the graphics aren't really anything special but the game is just you the know, storytelling like well no not even storytelling it's just like really fun like you're flipping a coin uh. up and down and like basically like trying to like click on a ball uh you know to to keep it up in the air it yeah basically like those little like fun mobile games and th- that's actually been a very big market uh yep. for for small mobile games like that but it's uh it's just very um but it's just like being taking a more simple a simple approach to game development in a sense making a game that's fun and not always so flashy yeah it's i think it's more reliable nowadays yes exactly when, when you're small you, you know with your when you're with your indie startup or something like that uh going mobile it's a thing i know this game that is called ink wars ink wars it's like a fighting game but with puzzle mode mm-hmm 
which is really interesting because it is competitive. It has it has a, a competitive platform where you can also do uh, wagers with uh, with the uh, with the the points that you earned with other players. And it has a ladder. They they're trying to do tournaments, which is really interesting because it is like. Um, a group of people trying to do esports at their level, you know, with what they got. Mm. They were like, okay, we want to develop a game. Uh, we can go mobile, and it's super. Um, it's super fun. The game is super fun. So I think they just got the point. Uh, they found their their way out. Of the game it's super original. So. That's what that's what I think is happening as well with mobile. It's getting more uh, attention from the developers as well. Oh yeah, definitely. And you know, by ten, by Tencent buying everything nowadays, they're buying PUBG, they're buying actions in in the Fortnite game. They they they're buying everything. They they have Arena Valor. Um, so nowadays, uh, the actions are right there. It's like the money, the popularity. It's it's a mobile. I think like the moral right here is you can't always just take like, you know, go after like your dream job in, in video games, like going yeah. for going for Nintendo or trying to yeah. work for Nintendo. It's mm -hmm. a lot of times it's you have to take what you can get in a sense. And OK, maybe you're work Maybe if you're a developer and you're working on a uh, puzzle game like a Candy Crush or something like that, maybe yes. you always wanted to work on maybe something like Breath of the Wild but if this is the game that you can get, I mean, you have to look at it at a different standpoint here. At least you're working in video games and you're not just, uh, you know, being like a cash register. Uh, sorry, cashier. Or, yeah, you're, you're literally uh -huh. a cash register. <laughs> but uh, at least uh -huh. you're not being like a, uh, uh, a cashier at, you know, like Walmart or something like that. At least here you're actually working in, uh, in your dream field, even though it's not the company that you want to be in. So I know that there are some people out there that are pretty picky, but I think with indie devs, they just really want to get that first job in video games because even going for that company that is doing like lottery games or games that are just, uh, yes. like, you know, like, like the scratch off thing. And I was like, is this mm -hmm. really even like a game? Like, this is a little stupid. Uh, but mm -hmm. yeah, like there's people that literally are, you know, that get jobs there and they have to be perfectly satisfied for a while with that. But the, the good thing here is going back to telltale games here, when those, uh, de developers got laid off, they actually got a lot of support by people on LinkedIn. I actually saw a lot of people popping up on LinkedIn, supporting the, the developers and the employees that were just were uh, that were just laid off trying to link to them different companies that were hiring and yes i i, I look at the coalition tweets mm -hmm. they, they start posting that um some support for the developers and and the later workers that came out and and also, yes, no, I just watched Gears of War and some other people from LinkedIn, but on Twitter, it was very supportive. Yes, I saw the Twitter, the tweets as well. I predominantly was seeing a lot of stuff, though, on LinkedIn. That I guess that was just what I was on at the time. And that was actually when I started to see a lot of talk of game dev unionization. So yeah. as you probably would have guessed, I actually, uh, I've actually... 
uh, heard about this that the game uh, that a lot of game developers do not uh, sorry like actually game development period does not have any union uh, at all and to me that's a little bit unfair and I think that with the telltale games issue that sprung up right here I think that now is the time really to start unionizing for game developers I know that I actually have a little bit sorry I have a little bit of a background as a web developer and I know that even web developers have uh, union so as a game yeah. developer I think that people really need to start uni uh, coming into form here with a union because companies like telltale games that have actually had a, a negative uh, a, you know negative uh, uh influence on their uh, on their employees in the gaming industry and treated their employees very unfairly i know that when telltale games actually laid off their employees a lot of them didn't even get severance pay and they didn't even uh -huh. get health care benefits and that was actually all stuff that i got laid uh, when i got laid off of my job i actually received as well and that like basically to go without that stuff and actually they actually withheld pay from them which is kind of really even colder in that sense uh the working conditions as well as i mentioned before uh just they uh they were they were not good and the uh, employees have actually reported that the that they were always focused on just pleasing the shareholders and the board members and that's just something that's that just kind of screams like you know crony capitalism in the way uh, uh -huh. that telltale games was uh operating here uh and plus keep in mind too that this was a studio that was out in california california ain't the cheapest area it's actually very expensive to live there so being stranded out there with no severance pay with no health care with and having pay actually held from you uh that's not the best like no it's not, not. <laughs> that's not the best situation yeah you will not that. make it yeah oh yeah totally and the the thing here is that it's seems to have been the last straw in that sense with uh with the telltale game uh with the telltale games employees and there has been this big call right now for unionization that i saw on youtube uh that i saw on linkedin and there was even an open letter that was written to telltale games that was uh that's actually available on game workers unite you can go check it out it's the website is I'm just looking it up right now. It, okay, it's actually yeah, it's literally gameworkersunite.org. So it's available uh, on gameworkersunite.org. You can actually read the full letter out to Telltale Games on there. Uh, but to sum up the letter, basically, uh, it was a call to for unionization, and it was also a demand for a better industry with sustainable, fair, and dignified working conditions. And it also should provide safety nets and hold companies accountable for their actions. In this case here, Telltale Games after their shutdown. And uh, they really just didn't really face too much. Uh, the, the board didn't really face too much, uh, too much, too many repercussions for what happened. Uh, mm -hmm. It also was stated in the open letter that the system for creating games is just broken. And I highly agree with that. And the result is uh, in, the, in this collapse, as well as many other beloved studios, really does show that the indie game scene uh for employment as well as just the game dev scene in general is just really uh is just really harsh i actually live kind of close to rockstar games rockstar games is actually on long island and mm -hmm. rockstar games i've heard countless bad stuff about how they lay off their workers and what they do to their workers uh especially the game developers that most of them are just contract workers and then once they are done with them they're completely done with them and then they just move on to 
they just fire their team and then they uh, hire a whole bunch of new people for their next project. So it's almost like you're just waiting to get the axe and like you know that it's coming. Very few people really stay there or move on or move up the ladder. So like Rockstar Games is a big company and they even have a lot of bad that goes on in their company and especially yeah. like with the with the with the development teams. And and it's super sad because sometimes they they just uh are like freelancers, you know. Mm -hmm. Which is like, um, I don't know, it's like super sad because um, the game developers are the artists of the games. It's like, I, I don't know, it's like a very, um, it's, it's the most important thing, I, I think. Like for me, um, they, they, they need to, uh, okay, the publishers need to take care of them, like, for real, all the all the work is up to them. It's up to the developers. It's it's all about what they do. Well, so yeah, yeah. Let me, uh, yeah. The developer normally, when you say game developer, it typically means the programmer. Yeah. Uh, so, like, but actually, like, what you what what you were saying though is actually can be applied to a lot of different positions. So you're not technically uh, wrong or, or wrong on anything here, uh, but from from like professional terms uh and to just be like more like in, in a niche uh like in a niche paraphrasing way uh -huh. the game developer is typically the programmer and then you also have the game artist which is uh it could be the game the game 3d artist if it's a 3d game uh -huh. yeah be... that's different that's different oh, yeah. um, what i meant is like uh you know talking about the quality of the game the mm -hmm the box everything that you have to get rid of it it's it's the thing because you can have an amazing game like what happened to ubisoft but it's all booked you know it's it it has a lot of um glitches and stuff so the game yeah it's cool but it is it is not it is it's not, not good yeah it's not playable exactly. that's that's yeah that's also a really big thing too i think like what you're trying to get out here is overall the the, the whole development team <laughs> so the, exactly mm -hmm. uh, so like a big game uh, a big game that ubisoft can come out with uh there's actually countless people on that project it's not literally just programmer artist uh, game design, game designer, which is kind of like the person that just kind of storyboards stuff like that, almost like the project manager. But it's literally, um, and then like maybe like marketing or something like that. It's like a lot more than uh, like those four. Like you literally have DevOps people on that. Uh, you also have oh. people that are managing servers, server maintenance. A lot of stuff goes into those games. So not just would Ubisoft have to manage a, uh, would not just have to manage the game itself, like the gameplay and everything, like the mechanics. But they have people that are uh, that de that are developers that literally specialize in like game physics, that literally specialize oh, nice. in uh -huh. uh, in mechanics. Uh, that and then you actually have people that just maintain the servers that are DevOps. So, uh, like for example, there with the bugs and maybe like server crashes, the server crashes would probably go to the DevOps team, the people that are always up all the time, like managing those support tickets, looking into bug, uh, you know, like. Bug, uh, bugs and issues with their servers and then you have people there that are the uh the mechanics and maybe yeah like the people that uh that manage like the actual like character movements everything like that those people uh would probably get the tickets that are like oh uh this 
this bug uh, when I'm running in the game uh, causes me to fall through the uh, through the world or something like that. And mm -hmm. then they actually have to go through and then see about how the uh, like how all the 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 sh the textures are rendering about how the uh, the colliders or whatever sort of like physics uh like so whatever sort of physics they have in the game to actually hold the player up onto the surface of the uh, of the of the environment and also like how things are being baked into the game like how things are being rendered into the game are they rendering at like a proper time because maybe if something's rendering too late that could be causing that fall so it basically kind of goes back to different teams uh in, in ubisoft but in a sense here uh a small a small team like that literally if there's like one big uh, like one big issue that comes through <laughs> uh -huh. it's like the entire team has to be like all hands on deck with that yeah it is what i think it's it's coming i'm pretty sure it's like as i told you um before about this um this company called uh boss key like it it happened the same it it, it they came in into the same path they they follow the same the same uh, failures. They they did the same mistakes as a company. Like you know, they they were not sustainable. The the game the marketing team was not that good. So that what happened? The first people to get laid off were as well the developers, and then the rest, which is um. Which is a kind of um, a pattern, you know. Mm -hmm. When it comes to to a um, to shut down to a company like that, it the the first people to get laid off are the developers. Oh yeah, definitely. What that's, is it? That's why exactly what it's I was like... getting at with with uh, with with Rockstar. And yeah. to answer your question there about why it is, I think it's just literally they're just always looking for people that are just work just as good or if not better than them and are cheaper uh, and they're always yeah. just trying to get new talent on that's why they go through people so quickly literally so quickly and it's like a revolving door in the gaming industry that's why uh that's why i left <laughs> indie game development <laughs> because it just it, it's a lot of let me put it like this it's a lot of work for nothing it's a lot yes. of work for nothing and that's why like people that want to go into this field you have to really be prepared for what uh you, you have to be prepared really and mentally really prepared it, yeah totally and <laughs> yeah. if you really want it then i mean i'm not i'm not saying like you know to stop anything to stop you because if that's what you, your passion is then go for it but i mean there's so many other jobs out there in video games today it's you know and it's always growing but the thing is that for developers they really get the whole crap of it uh they have to work in a really fast-paced environment they have to meet deadlines it's always crunch hour it's uh they basically if something goes wrong it's all on them so that's just it is i just couldn't really do all the work to get into the gaming industry then just to have all of this other pressure on me and the uh -huh. the the sad truth of the of this all is quite literally they aren't paid a a, a a good salary that they're, they're really not paid as much as a web developer which i think is ridiculous like i think that their work is 10 times harder than a web developers uh -huh. and the other thing is that 
I don't think that they uh, have a lot of good benefits that, once again, I think a lot of people in other areas of tech normally do get. And, of course, they also don't have the unions. Uh, it's just a very long journey to even make it to a decent company. And a lot of times it's just a whole lot of work for nothing and, you know, in the end. Yeah, but what do you think? Like, uh, it has to be like the key to change this situation. I really think that future uh, that companies uh, like right now and future companies uh, that want to be established really need to take a look at Telltale Games and just really learn from this and also just look mm -hmm. at what other companies do to their to the uh, to the developers and also to the uh, possible like other areas of their staff. And just really take a you know take a big lesson from this, and just try not to make it happen in your company. Uh, this really goes out to AAA studios. This really goes out to uh, small indie companies, like medium-sized companies, like anything. Just really, you should be respecting your workers and also be respecting your developers at the same time. Uh, it you know it should be everybody. And really, I think for developers out there, I think that you guys should totally start unionizing i think that it's time for that and i think that this is a respectable industry i think that it's a legitimate industry now i don't think it should be taken as a joke or anything like that uh -huh. it really is time for people to be demanding the respect that they deserve and i think that it's time for people and especially these companies to realize that this isn't just a money-making thing that it's le legitimate jobs and legitimate people that have families and lives that they are that they are taking advantage of and that they don't have sub, um, sequ, uh, subsequent or you know substantial sorry they don't have substantial uh health care and also substantial pay to basically be thriving uh and you know like remaining competitive in the workforce so it's really some stuff that these companies really can do better and that they should be working on to keep up with other tech companies i mean uh a lot of other tech positions have all these things so and games as you know like there's a lot of uses for games and it's really leading the future especially in ar and vr and other usages too uh -huh. especially this because the same software the same tools that you use to create a game are being used to create ar software uh, sorry ar apps and vr apps and even in some cases even to program drones it's it's crazy a lot of the stuff that you can do with uh, w the software that you can use to make games is Unity. There's also with Unreal the Engine. There's a lot of possibilities with those two, uh, with those two game engines. And the thing is that it's really a, a tech job. It's it's literally a tech job. So it should be respected and be treated like a tech job. And that should mean the same benefits and the same pay, if not more. Because in my opinion, I think that this job, that these jobs require a lot tougher programming and a lot tougher math than a web developer job that possibly could just be like front end only you know and also uh, other web developer positions such as like full stack i think that uh a game developer job like they have to take in a lot more uh, they actually even have to know other stuff besides programming in some cases like even like 3d modeling so it's almost <laughs> like they have to be an artist and a programmer at the same time so a lot of times i think that they actually have a lot of uh, expandable skills other than just programming just that that was the answer i was looking for <laughs> yeah totally uh yeah you know because coming from this you know like i said coming from this industry i've seen a lot of the crap and i think that with this uh that's why i picked this as the topic today 
Mm -hmm. uh, it's a it's a really great it's really something that needs to be addressed right now and i really felt like you know i had to get that off my chest in a sense because i think that this really should be something that a lot of people should be considering and a lot of companies should be looking into yeah i think to. it's just game development is underrated and it's up to the this the same game developers to just as you said unionize and start like fighting for for their goals and to team together like to get all of these perks and benefits right i think That's it should I be think. you know to be yeah because i don't know this that it's you're the expert here in this area but i i'm a i i'm I see the other side. I see just the surface, and I, as I as I said at the beginning, it's like this is a, a complete failure. And I, and the first people I I saw being laid off are the game developers, and I was like, why? And I I see it as a as um as you know as a public, like the one that is outside. But you you give us the point from the inner side which is really important. Mm -hmm. And well, my side was, I did do a lot of contractual jobs. I never worked for, I never worked full time for an indie dev company. I never really worked full time for a, uh, a big company either, but I do have friends that have worked for indie companies. And I do know some people mostly through LinkedIn that have worked for some of the bigger AAA companies. And I've seen, uh, seen a lot of, uh, it, uh, I've seen like a lot of reports from the inside about what the work environment's like, and it's always the developers that really get the most uh, that that always get hit the hardest in that uh, you know in that sense, especially uh, when a game is about to be released and they have to make sure that it's perfect and you know just completely polished. It's a real shame that they are the first ones to get axed, and that uh -huh. was my, uh, you know, basically where I came up with the whole. It's a whole lot, a whole lot of work for nothing, because even if you did all, you know, all those portfolio projects, even if you released the game and it generated a good amount of downloads, you could still get into a big company, and then you're going to be worked to death. <laughs> uh -huh. uh, it's really just a a completely brutal, a completely brutal um, environment. And that's why I'm trying to put out this warning here because I think that people should really adhere to it and really pay attention to what we have to say because from the inside, you know, of the gaming industry, it's really not, it's almost like they're just not seen as the same level as other tech jobs, uh, such as like uh -huh. web development, such as like, you know, data, such as, uh, you know, like some, some other big name, uh, some other big name jobs. Yeah. Like I, I've even seen like account managers get paid more than game developers. And I just thought mm -hmm. that some of this stuff was just ridiculous. Uh, and these people, like they have legitimate skills, coding skills, but it's just not always applicable in other realms. So they, you know, but like they have this, you know, the skill set to make stuff happen within a game and exactly. they, are uh they're, they're able to create like you know these different worlds and piece stuff together and uh they're able to you know sort of make a game to like how the person you know that you know that they're making the game for wants them to or even how they see stuff and it's almost like being like an artist as well as also a um as well as also like a scientist or a programmer at the same time and it's i think like if on if anything like this is um <clears throat> this is a really this should be a really big in demand skill because people really need that perfect 
that that perfect hybrid of art and also programming in order to make really cool stuff. Amen to that. That's so true. Yeah, totally. Well, yeah. I think we've been going on and on <laughs> here yes. uh, a good amount. But yeah, I mean, uh, this was a really awesome episode and I hope that everybody has taken something away from it. Yeah, the good thing, as you said, is like they they have now a hashtag where they can like show and support and find uh, people who can maybe, uh, I don't know, support have them, some... Maybe new, help uh -huh. them get a new job. Exactly, in the yes. Well, if that's that's what's something... Uh, I'm yeah. sorry. Right. Right, <laughs> that's on. something very, very important in the, in this industry as well. Like, uh, the they they show a lot of support well we show a lot of support uh when it comes to an episode like this exactly. this is something this is something that that i want to i, I want to applaud because um it's it's super uh, the people when when it comes to an episode like this they they show support they they create hashtags um the other developers and the other uh uh, publishers start like um, helping out, retweeting, uh, even opening some job positions, which is really cool. Yeah, and it's I mean, and that's very basic. It seems like it's going on right now. It definitely seems like because of this, there was a lot of support to the Telltale Jobs uh, former employees. So uh, exactly. yeah, if any of you are interested in reading the open letter, uh, check out GameWorkersUnite.org. And just look for the statement on the Telltale Games layoffs. You can view the open letter right there. So that's all the time that we have for today. It was awesome talking to you, Chris. Oh, thank you. All right. <laughs> and we'll see you next time on the next episode.